welcome to the Well and Wealthy podcast with your host, Alicia McPherson. We are live. So hello, I have one of the most amazing humans that I know, Andrea, here today to have a conversation on subconscious and hypnotherapy and the mindset work for everything, really. I've used this tool for building my business, for helping me feel good and confident in my body. It's just been a game changer for me. So I'm so excited to have you here and share more about this amazing modality. Do you want to do like a quick little intro on who you are and why you're so fantastic? (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. So I'm Andrea Maxim. I uh, knew I was a healer right from the get-go. I don't remember not wanting to be a doctor from like even kindergarten. And so I went, of course, through the route that I knew was available, which was medical school. And very quickly through medical school, I realized I don't want it this badly. This does not interest me. And went through university until I did a thesis on peanut allergy and how you can use peanut allergy or like pieces of peanut to actually start creating peanut allergy tolerance. And I was like, dang, we can do things with natural stuff. So fast forward, now it's been almost 15 years I've been a naturopath. And yet through working with women, I would get them to this 80% sometimes 90%, sometimes 95% success. And I have always been attracted to working with women around weight loss, what I like to say in the mindset space, more weight release, because I also battled with weight way back when I was in grade three, and I was more, not morbidly obese, but certainly obese at the time. And so there's you know, you carry that with you as a wound. And so I've loved working with women in this space, and yet, Every time we would get them success for a couple of months, there would be some level of a life change or resistance that came up or something would happen and everything would just fall to the wayside. And so the biggest thing that I started to really go up against is where is this resistance truly coming from? And of course we start with self. And I was like, you know what? There's something about mindset that I really want to shift here. And for me, the mindset piece was leaning into hypnotherapy. Hypnotherapy was my gateway drug into all things mindset. And I was looking at all the different ways that I could learn it, do it myself, download the apps. But there was just this natural alignment of this is what I've been missing. This is what I want to do. And so I became designated myself. That designation led into NLP, which is a way to communicate with the unconscious mind in different layers of the brain than hypnotherapy alone. And now I train in that as well. And it has truly been a game changer, especially in the health, wellness, and weight release space, where now women are literally getting out of their own way easily and effortlessly. And that's why I love that this is a tool that you're bringing to your audience, because there is nothing else on the planet that can allow you to focus on your desires, on your dreams, on that future version of yourself, of that easy, effortless, confident, badass woman than hypnotherapy. Because hypnotherapy literally teaches your brain to focus on that with 10,000 times more focus than any willpower, 
any amount of conscious thought. And in fact, I think it was um, Bruce Lipton or Wayne Dyer. One of them actually did a study and said, your unconscious mind is a hundred thousand times more powerful than your conscious mind is. So tell me with those stats that hypnotherapy is not the most amazing, brilliant, easy way to hack your goals. I love that. We get clients all the time say, well, what, when aren't your clients successful? Because we have this high success rate, what goes into a client who isn't successful? And I've analyzed our data on who has achieved amazing results. What were they like? What's their personality? Were they open-minded to different modalities? What are they like versus the ones who we feel like we're running into a wall? We just can't get them to move past that limit or they do and then they come back and I find most of the time it stems from that ability to work with the subconscious and their mindset and how they're handling their day-to-day life because they'll get into these patterns right where they're struggling with life is busy holidays like how many excuses have we heard of oh it's the holiday season if we have clients that hit five excuses in a row I'm like okay we've got to work on this and I, I joke with my partner that we're, we should only give clients five excuses, right? That's it. And yeah. they can only use those ones in the program. If there's six, nope, they've got to go back and pick which five they want to use. Mm-hmm. But it's just such a, a, a lesson that, okay, why are they having all of these excuses? Because it's often the patterns that need to change for them to be successful, not just what to diet, what to eat, what not to eat, what to exercise. Yeah. And let's also break that down to kind of what you were alluding to, but I'm going to hit it directly, is whenever there's a pattern, whenever there's something that repeatedly comes up, be it a really easy excuse of holidays, Mm -hmm. be it a really easy excuse of I'm committed for 17 days and then by the 18th day I'm out, whenever there's a pattern that I know the people that are listening to this now, I know your clients have certainly used it and they're like, I can't seem to get out of this cycle, this trap. I'm really, really good for a certain period of time and then my life blows up. Um, Whenever there's a pattern, understand that that is not a willpower or habit problem. That is a unconscious need that isn't being met at the conscious level. And so what we get to explore with hypnosis and working with people, and I know you do this so brilliantly, is going to the deeper levels of what's really going on here. And most women, especially in the weight loss space, are carrying around core wounds of protective weight. So be it past traumas, be it something their parents really believed about what beauty is. And then there's this unattainable way to meet perfection. There's a lot of good girl syndrome that's going on here where, you know, as children, we had to show up and be the responsible one and couldn't make a mistake. And anytime we did make a little mistake, we were instantly reprimanded for it. There's a lot of these core patterns that have been established typically before the age of seven that are showing up in adulthood. And the only way to break those is at the unconscious level, because it's the unconscious mind that holds on to your emotions, your memories, your beliefs, and your values. And they may not be working for you anymore. So you'll hit this level of resistance, or you'll hit this repeated pattern 
And that can't be blown out with willpower habits or tracking alone. And so if that's really resonating with you, listener, as you're hearing this, this is a beautiful place of new awareness. And once we get into awareness, that's the, that's the only way we can get towards solution. And so what tool you choose to use is up to you. Love this. And it can be as simple as your parents. If you have parents having arguments over exercise, maybe you had one parent that was really healthy and fit and the other one, not so much. And maybe there was conflict in the house and that might become a learned behavior where you're associating movement or exercise or something with, with being wrong or bad or creating conflict. Even the outdated pattern of you need to eat every single morsel off your plate is a legitimate pattern that has to be rewired. So a lot of my clients, I'll say oftentimes when you're craving something, be it any bad food you can think of, you're typically only craving a taste. And so I'll say, go through the drive-thru, get a burger, have a few bites, and then throw out the rest. But the concept of throwing away food is such a, like, it's it's kind of like major red flag moment. Well, I can't throw away food. I just spent $6 on it. And I'm like, yeah, but your body only needed a taste and we don't want to sabotage. And so it's these thought patterns, these belief patterns that have been ingrained that are now outdated and don't serve the goals that we want to achieve now. Mm, I, I love that. I love that you spoke about the good girl because when I was in university and I would come home, my mom was a phenomenal baker. My grandma was a phenomenal baker. And if there was food there, I would, I would eat it. It's like, I had no willpower. I had no control. It was there. And Easter mini eggs, like whatever season I was coming home for, I was powerless when I stepped into that house. And I had to realize it wasn't my, my parents fault at all. It was more my association or how I my perception to certain things where I got in that door and I had to eat everything I could possibly see in front of me. And it was a mix of feeling a certain way, but also not wanting to upset people, not wanting people to question me on my eating habits, not wanting to offend anyone playing that good girl role. And I had to heal a lot of that to be able to say, I can have a bite of those cookies because they're so good. Of course, I'm going to have a bite, but that's it. I do not need to eat 12 of them, which was my problem in the past, I'd eat one. And then that bag had to be gone. The jar had to be empty for me to feel like, okay, I completed it. (laughs) Well, let's break even that down a little bit, because there were some core words that you used that I found very interesting. So the very first thing you said was I felt powerless. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you as a core wound, and as much as we think our drama and our environment and our parents and all the shit that's happened to us, and I may have just made this explicit, but we're going to run with it. Um, as much as we think it's unique, there are really only a few patterns that people can run. And I am powerless as a female is a massive one. It's why we start placating to our lives. It's why we start giving our power away to others, because that's our way of kind of like trying to get a little bit back. Well, I helped them look at how great I am. I gave up my entire year to serve others. So that makes me a good person. So I am powerless is a very core deep wound. And the other thing that I found interesting with what you shared was 
there's a connection between I come home, my mom bakes because she loves me, and I need to show her how much I feel loved by her by eating her baked goods. And isn't that an interesting pattern as well when we really break it down? The feeling of being unloved or unlovable is also a very deep core wound for a lot of women. So here's where we get to really explore what's going on. And I want anyone listening to this to appreciate that you won't know or figure it out on your own. Diving deep into these core wounds can rarely happen to us consciously because we can't communicate to both brains at the same time. But what you did was you knew that the pattern was destructive and you said, I'm going to explore this. I'm going to use new tools and resources to heal this. And I can imagine that it wasn't just thinking about it or consciously trying to talk yourself out of it because that doesn't work. It was really allowing a coach to guide you to go into those deeper parts of your unconscious mind through hypnotherapy where you're like, oh, dang, I had no freaking idea. And just to give everyone a very honest example from last year, I didn't realize that I had been running a core wound of I've been abandoned from like 18 months when I knew at the unconscious level, my parents were not equipped to show up for me the way I needed them to. So enter responsible, good girl, don't cause problems, don't play too roughly, don't make it harder for your parents, all at the unconscious level. And I would have never discovered that had I not done inner child work and hypnotherapy myself. Because just think of all the destructive things at the conscious level that come up when you feel abandoned or you're afraid to be abandoned in relationships, in jobs, and certainly with your relationship with food. So here's where we really get to go deep and explore all these things. And it doesn't feel nice. And yet, if we don't clear it, the resistance will show up like a pebble to the forehead and then maybe a brick and then maybe a two by four and then maybe a Mack truck and then maybe a plane falls on your house. Like it will keep showing up. So the faster we can establish what's going on, the easier everything becomes. Yeah. And I find that our society is very quick to blame, blame, blame everyone else. And what I really had to work on is looking at patterns that are happening in my life and take responsibility and say, this keeps happening. Okay. Maybe it's not the exact same situation each time, but it's the same feeling. What can I now take to the subconscious and try to figure out what is going on? And we have a lot of clients that will shift blame or another big one that I would love your intake on is my body is broken. Nothing works for me. Yes. So now we're talking about a limiting belief. So this limiting belief cre was created from a singular event, from values or beliefs of the elders in your world when you were growing up. Because before the age of seven, you are a sponge. We hear that all the time. Babies are sponges. Well, at the unconscious level, there is no filter. There is no discernment of what's good or bad. It's literally, oh, my mom believes this. I believe this. My teacher says this. I believe that. That's how it was. So my body is broken i can never be healthy if we don't clear that then what you continue to focus on grows no matter how much time investment you do 
you're running this old, old, old belief that my body is always broken and I don't deserve health. The other one we come across with a lot of women is my body is ugly. So if we're trying to work on confidence and allowing you to love your body just as you are and want to make it better, but the oldest pattern running is my body is ugly, the two cannot coexist. And so what we say at the unconscious level is the oldest program wins. Whatever's been running the longest wins. So even if for two decades you've been running, my body is broken and I can't get healthy. And then in this year, you're like, I'm amazing. I'm going to do all the things. I'm going to buy the journals. I'm going to like work with the coaches. I'm going to be amazing. Over time, that will not work either because the 20 year old program has been latched on for a much longer time than the past three months, which is why when we're entering into new years, I find there's two cycles of new years. It's January and September. That's why we're good for 17 days, 21 days, maybe 39 days, but it always tends to come back to, I I blow it up somehow. So yeah, any limiting belief you're saying about yourself and a lot of women aren't ready to verbalize it, although they're feeling it. Another big core wound is the amount of resentment we are carrying. And I want every woman to hear me when I say this, that any fiery emotion, be it anger or rage, can only hide in your fat cells because every other part of you is water. So if we're trying to shrink fat cells and we aren't managing the fiery emotions of anger, irritability, rage, which we all have it as women, doesn't mean that we're rageaholics, but we are holding on to some rage. We all are, right? And you're giggling. We are all holding on to some level of rage. I mean, when we get triggered and rage comes up of how badly we wanna like fricking kill somebody, that's a sign that you have some rage inside of you. And if it doesn't get used positively, meaning rage cleaning your house, rage running on the treadmill, rage, screaming at a tree or something, then it has to go somewhere. And as women, we tend to suck it up and stifle it down and it goes right into your fat cells. And so, you know, if, if we're now fighting against our emotions and we're not seeing any results changed physically, it isn't again, a willpower or habit problem. It's an unconscious mind problem. I love that you said that because I I think the turning point for me and really starting to get control over my body was understanding, hey, I knew I had a lot of stress, self-induced stress, right? Stress is only a a perception to it. And I was just creating such a chaos in my life and taking on more and more and more and more, which created, you know, a lot of patterns. And I was doing so much because I had this conditioning over, I've got to do more. I'm guilty when I'm rest, when I rest. And so that was fueling this stress in my life. And then to compensate for that, I was doing yoga. I was trying to meditate. I was taking adaptogens, but I had this moment where I said, this isn't, this isn't solving it. You're just trying to mask the emotions. You actually have to figure out why you're putting yourself in these patterns to begin with. You've got to deal with that. The core stress wounds, you got to deal with the reasons why you're 
doing these things, handling the emotions. And it wasn't until I clued into that, that I started to feel at peace. I started to feel calm again. And then interestingly enough, I'm just learning that anger is being stored in our fat cells. So it wasn't until I learned how to express that in a way that was more positive. And I was someone who would shove it down, ignore it, pretend it didn't exist, right? Until I burst. And when I finally learned how to have a healthier outlet to emotions, letting them flow through my body, I started to really heal. And I noticed that when I struggle now, if there's a moment in my life that doesn't feel good and I'm not properly letting it out, the physical symptoms start popping up. Yes. So there are many tangents we can go on here. So you wrangle me in where we need to, Um, but to stay on topic, it's, it, I really want all women to appreciate, which is really hard at the beginning, that only healthy women feel all emotions. And I'm going to repeat that one more time because I really want it to land. Only healthy women feel all emotions, which means you are healthy when you feel depressed or low mood or sad. You are healthy when you feel hurt. You're healthy when you feel joy. You're healthy when you feel happiness. You are absolutely healthy when you feel rage. And you're absolutely healthy when you feel passion and desire. And it's this skewed societal norm where happy is the only emotion that we can feel. And I came from a mom who always wore the happy mask, which made me really start to not trust people who are happy all the time because I saw what was really going on with my mom. She is the poster child of passive aggressive, holding on to all the resentment, never letting it go, and then wondering why she can't lose weight. Versus the women that you work with, the women that I work with one on one, we're saying, feel the feelings. You must feel the feelings. The question is, is are you then going to use that energy? Because all emotions at the very, very core are just energy. If we just look at it neutral like that, it's just energy. If we can use them constructively, you can use rage constructively to get shit done around your house. You can use rage constructively to say, I'm done. Enough is enough. I, I'm making a change. We can use happiness destructively to pretend that we're okay and reject resources and help because we're putting on a happy face. So the question really becomes, how long do the emotions impact you and is it constructive or destructive? All emotions are actually quite neutral when we just break it down that way. Now, the other thing you said that I I want to touch on is when the emotions aren't being attended to at the conscious level, your physical body will create pain. Pain always means pay attention, whether it be a migraine, skin flare-ups, achy joints, certainly back and hips for women, because that's where a lot of our lack of support comes from. If you think about it, a skeleton, your hip, your back is about support and standing upright and being seen and being very strong and stoic in your stance. When we don't have that platform, we start to get pain in our spine, in our shoulders, in our neck, in our hips. So the physical body is where all of your emotion, mental and spiritual energy lands if it is not being healed. And 
as we heal, it has to go through the physical body as well. So it's really about starting to pay attention to what's going on with me. Why is that happening? And relating it back to your emotions. And that takes training. And I really want most women to hear that is we live in a very dissociated, meaning totally out of our body world to run away from feelings. We don't want to feel the feelings, certainly not bad feelings, because that says that we're there's something wrong with us. And so the more we dissociate from our emotions and our body, the more, again, the universe will bop you over the head with a stone and then a brick and then a two by four and then a Mack truck. And the Mack truck is the least desirable place. And yet it may have had to get to that level of drama for you to pay attention. That is beyond brilliant. And I'm so grateful that you're sharing all of this because it's what all my clients need to hear. It's what we often need to hear, even as healers, sometimes we have to be reinforced with it. Now, I know when I was starting these modalities, I was a little skeptical going into them because I didn't know, like, what what are you going to do to me? Where we see the people on the stage and they're, they're taking off their clothes and it's a mess. So could you possibly give some reassurance to people listening on what it would look like being in that space and, and being coached by someone who was so trained in, in this modality? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this question. And it's such a valid question because that's exactly what I thought. I was like, oh, are you going to make me quack like a duck? Or are you going to make me do something I don't want to do? And I'm going to, I'm going to answer it this way. What we're really debating is the word trance. Hypnotherapy is about putting you into a trance where we can talk directly to the unconscious mind. And so whether or not you believe in hypnotherapy or you've done it before in the past and it didn't work for you or you've done it in the past and it does work for you, I want everyone to hear me when I say you are in a trance 95% of your day, whether you want to believe it or not. Meaning, has anybody here, and I'm raising my hand because I'm so used to doing this, so you can raise your hand if you're listening. Has anybody here ever driven from point A to point B and you have no idea how you got there, but you're like, somehow I arrived and I'm safe? That's driving trance. That is a legitimate trance. Or watched a movie where you get lost and all of a sudden three hours have flown by and you're like, it felt like five minutes. That's movie trance. Or I know you're such an avid reader, Alicia, and you read a book and you're just like, oh my God, two days have just gone by and I did nothing but read. And I got so lost into this story. Well, that's reading trance. Anytime we lose time, we are in trance. If we're working on a project and you're like, oh my God, I feel like I've only been doing this for 15 minutes. And then you get interrupted and they're like, it's been three hours and you just missed your meeting. That's work trance. So what we're talking about is what trance are you in and is it serving you or not? Because at the unconscious level, are we in a negative thought, sabotaging, you know, really down on ourselves type of thought trance all day? Or are we in a positive, forward-focused, motivated, present trance? Because that's hypnosis. All hypnosis is self-hypnosis. And what you say to yourself is a hypnotic suggestion. What you listen to on a day-to-day basis, be it the music 
or news or even shows that you watch is a hypnotic suggestion. The people who surround you and communicate to you and offer you their opinions or suggest you should get a Peloton bike, those are hypnotic suggestions. And based on the way your brain is wired, we'll accept it and lean into it or we'll reject it. So if I'm talking to someone and they would never rob a bank and I do an entire hypnotherapy session on how they can rob a bank better, they're going to reject the entire session. They're not going to listen to me and they're going to be pretty upset by the end of it. But if I'm talking to a woman who wants to really step into body acceptance and revving up her metabolism and wanting to eat really healthy food and lose all desire for unhealthy food, and that is in alignment with where she wants to go, she'll accept those suggestions all day long. And she doesn't even need to have her eyes closed or be like, quote unquote, asleep to accept them. Anything we say to another human is a hypnotic suggestion. And so when you think about it that way, when are you not in hypnosis? Ooh, I love that. And it's, it's so true. The programming we have and the repeated behaviors that we do day to day, for me, it just feels like, like I give my body a, a chance to calm down and to let the healing happen. And after I'm, I'm done a session, it's, it's not like I'm ever tapping out of consciousness. I know where I am. I could get up any second. My dog start barking. I'm fully alert. Like I could go, but it just, it feels like my brain is allowing the chance to rewire it saying, Hey, how do you want to feel? Okay. Let's embody that right now. And it just, when I, when I come to, I'm not, like, not that I was out, but when I stand back up again, it's, I'm embodying that feeling that I wanted to feel that maybe before the session I was stressed or I felt stuck in a certain pattern and it's just relaxing to a state to say, okay, let's, let's move to where we want to feel. Let's start feeling better now and let's figure out what you need in this moment to feel better. So usually getting out of that session, I feel calm. And what we're talking about there again, is you can't consciously talk to your unconscious mind. No. So you needed to turn off the conscious mind, allow someone to kind of bypass that filter, allow your unconscious mind to now come online and then just talk to it. And like I said at the very beginning, when we talk to the unconscious mind, we do it with a hundred thousand times more power than you could ever do it consciously. So I'm talking to you guys consciously and unconsciously. I didn't memorize this. I'm downloading all the words I'm saying unconsciously. But because I'm talking to you and I'm very aware that I'm talking to you, I'm actively using my conscious mind. And I can't talk to my unconscious mind right now. But after this, when I go into silence and maybe put on a track in my ears and I'm present in my room and I'm not being distracted by screens or phones or noises, then I can easily bypass the conscious mind and say, okay, unconscious, this is our focus now. And it latches onto it. It loves being trained and reprogrammed. It feeds on that. And what I love the most about it is it's all done where you can be sleeping. You are not unconscious ever. In fact, your unconscious mind is always awake 24 seven, which is why even you could be in the deepest sleep and you hear a foot creak in the hallway and you instantly wake up. 
That's not a conscious thing. That's your unconscious mind being like, are we safe? Wake up because I need to make sure that we're good. Versus um, consciously is what you do when you fall asleep. You just literally go offline. It's like turning on, turning off the on button. But your unconscious mind wants to be heard. It wants to be reprogrammed. It wants to listen to positive things. It does not like talking negatively about you. And more often than not, you never said it to yourself first. You heard somebody else say it on a movie from your parents, from your siblings, and you took it on as truth, but it was never something you actually said to yourself. Like consciously, we would never create a problem of obesity ever. But at the unconscious level, something isn't being healed or a need isn't being met. And that's what we need to address. And you can only do that at the unconscious level. That was just pure brilliance. I want to just leave it there because that was the most magical thing I have heard. Thank you so much for sharing all this wisdom with me. Is there any last words, anything that you would advise you'd want to part to listeners that are maybe thinking about dabbling into this or struggling with, with some of these issues? Ultimately, is if you're not getting success anywhere in your life, there is a old pattern that's running and that old pattern can very easily be upgraded or deleted from your mind at the unconscious level. And if anybody wants to explore that with certainly Alicia's team or directly with me, you can find me at the Maxim movement on Instagram or uh, andreamaxim.com and learn more about this. The reality is, is if something isn't working and you've been doing all the old ways that you know, and you're still not getting results, it's because there's a pattern that needs to be broken and we have to teach you and your brain new skills with new tools and resources. That is the only way to get out of pain. And anytime a significant event happens in your life, good or bad, that is significant, be it an angry email that just like threw off your week or a birth of a new baby or a death of a loved one or a marriage or changing homes or changing jobs, we start from scratch. We have to, again, reestablish new focus and install new patterns, new skills, new tools by doing it a new way because the old version of you dies as soon as that significant event happens. So the keto diet, the paleo diet, whatever you did in the past may not work for the new you. And you become a new you every time something significant happens. So lean into a new tool. What have you got to lose?